Get ready for a journey into the heart of Bridgeport politics with In Absentia, a new podcast from Connecticut Public's investigative team, The Accountability Project. Learn about the city's past and present political dysfunction and the systems that enable it. Tune in wherever you get your podcasts. Funding provided by Joe Zimmel and Valerie Friedman. From Connecticut Public Radio, I'm Lucy Nalbethanchel, and today we're broadcasting live from MGM Springfield. <laughs> now thousands lined up for just two months ago to check out this new casino, about a half hour from Hartford. What will MGM Springfield mean for Connecticut's two casinos? Here are some Connecticut residents where we live met on grand opening day. We do go to Foxwoods and Mohegan, yeah, uh, once a month, once every couple months. So we want to see how this compares. I think it depends on how well each of them pay off, you know, because naturally you're going to go to the one where you get a bigger payout. They'll still go there. They have buses that go there every day. They'll still go there. Massantucket Pequot Tribe, do not worry because I will still be visiting you all the time. You're one of my favorites. Those were Connecticut residents Kathy Kelly of Cromwell, Betty Presnell of Newtown, Tony Satano of East Haven, and Jerry Ayers of Waterbury. Yes, this new nearly $1 billion casino is in Massachusetts, but its existence has repercussions for our state of Connecticut. That's been the message from Connecticut's two tribes and some state officials who say MGM's opening will cause Connecticut residents to lose their jobs at Foxwoods and Mohegan Sun. Now, how much of an impact will MGM really have? Coming up, we'll talk more about the latest in Connecticut, and you can join the conversation. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at Where We Live. And for our audience here, we're going to take your questions in just a little bit. Now, you might be wondering, who's at the casino at 9 o'clock in the morning? We weren't sure either. There are plenty of people out on the floor, but we're happy to have assembled our panel today. First, I want to welcome back to the show Ken Goslin, reporter for the Hartford Current. Ken, thanks for coming up. Hi, Lucy. Thanks for having me. Also with us is Michael Mathis, president and COO of MGM Springfield. Welcome to our show. Good morning, Lucy. Welcome to MGM Springfield. Thank you. So it's actually our second time here where we live. Uh, chose to come here on grand opening day, and we saw the thousands of people uh, lined up uh, around the corner. A lot of them were from Connecticut. I wanted to start with you, Ken. When we talk about MGM in Connecticut, uh, MGM Springfield in Connecticut, uh, there's a lot of anxiety. Remind us why. Well, there is a concern that, uh, that the new competition coming close to the Connecticut market will affect both the revenue that the state gets from the uh, casino industry in Connecticut and also the jobs, um, how um, it'll affect the finances of those two casinos and whether there'll be an, a ramification on jobs there. Well, for a long time, Connecticut had uh, the monopoly on casino uh, in the Northeast. Remind us you know, how many residents uh, actually work at uh, Foxwoods and Mohegan Sun. Okay, so we're, we're talking thousands that work there. And uh, you're right, in uh, beginning of the early 1990s, there was uh, a monopoly. They had the, uh, the, entire, the entire pie. But over these uh, past couple of decades, there's been more and more competition. And what has happened is, is that the revenue the state has been getting has been uh, going down. Uh, really peaked at about 430 million uh, annually in the 90s, and is down last year to about 230 million, and projected to go down even more now um, as a result of intensifying competition, of which MGM is a the newest entrant. 
So we're inside MGM Springfield today in the Commonwealth uh, Bar and Lounge. You were also here on opening day, I Ken. Was. Remind us, uh, what did you see and what did you hear from patrons? Well, I, I heard that a lot of people were curious. They wanted to see what was happening here, how it may be compared to what their experience at other casinos were. Um, some said that they were so loyal, as one of your, uh, your uh, um, sound bites had, had suggested. But I think people are still kind of finding their way as to where they will kind of land up. Uh, what did you hear from them in terms of what the draw is? Is it the MGM name or the fact that you have this, uh, again, nearly billion dollar development right in downtown Springfield? What brought people here? Well, there definitely was interest in this brand new development here. It was, you know, very big. There was a lot of spectacle on the first day. It was very exciting. People lined up. Uh, so it was very, people just were very anxious to, to get in. Um, I know one gentleman that I spoke to was very excited about the Elvis slot machine because I think on the, the second round, Elvis would actually sing if you won. So there were a lot of interest, you know, people were coming for a wide variety of reasons. I mentioned Michael Mathis is here. Again, he's president and COO of MGM Springfield. What's the last two months been like, Michael? Uh, long days, long, um, really exciting days. It, we're 58 days since our opening. We're about to celebrate our two-month anniversary. And it's been, um, for me personally, really gratifying. I've been on the ground uh, since the inception when it was just a pencil sketch on the back of a napkin. And to see it come to life and to see our, um, our resort filled with 3,000 employees, many of whom uh, our Springfield residents and people I call friends and early supporters, and to see all the guests come in and, and really literally get wowed. Um, you know, I think that's the biggest sentiment is they can't believe um, how ambitious and, 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 how, and uh, how engaging this, this project has been. For our listeners who may not have come up here yet, describe why this uh, casino is very unique compared to other MGM uh, facilities around the country. Sure. I, I think it starts with just how integrated it is into the downtown. We really celebrated uh, the architecture of downtown and the scale of it. It's a very pedestrian scale uh, resort. Uh, you know, one of the most gratifying things I heard was from a colleague of mine from Bellagio, which is one of our sister properties, um, arguably the most luxurious uh, resort in the industry in the world. And um, they said that this is one of the most unique, most beautifully done resorts in our entire portfolio, potentially in the whole industry. And I think it's because we really celebrated the beauty of New England architecture. You walk down Main Street and we, we literally have our storefront on, on Main Street. And But for the MGM name on, on the sign, you wouldn't know that it's a casino resort. It looks like the other side of Main Street, the facades match, um, our incorporation of historic buildings. So all the little details, even in this Commonwealth bar, you see all the industrial fixtures. And um, it's really a celebration, not of just Springfield, but really of, of the rich history of manufacturing cities. We got to mention this beautiful Indian motorcycle behind us, which has a, a long history in uh, Springfield and the Pioneer Valley. Oh, when we talk about the challenges of getting to this point, can you walk us through what those were? Again, MGM uh, coming from out of state, uh, how, how difficult was it to get here? Sure. Um, I'm looking right at Mayor Sarno, uh, who's here with us, Mayor Sp Springfield, and I remember those early meetings. It was really, for us, it was a big education campaign. I think for a long, long time, the industry's uh, tried to uh, try to establish itself in the Commonwealth because it's such a great market for us, and uh, it, it took a lot of 
a lot of convincing and education to talk about what the opportunity could be and how a company like MGM Resorts could do it in a very tasteful way that um, promoted economic development, um, local reinvestment, employment for local residents. So, and it would be something that was customized. It wouldn't just be a cookie cutter as, uh, as a lot of companies in our industry does. So uh, the Indian motorcycle you mentioned is a, is a good aspect of that. We really did our research about what did what is the history of Springfield? What are the great brands and assets? And Indian Motorcycle is founded here. And we wanted to bring Indian back. We have an apparel store. It's first apparel store uh, in, the, in the country. is right on the campus. So just celebrating different um, parts of its history and great, great brands and companies that have been here before. Uh, you mentioned uh, Mayor Dominic Sarno, who's going to be joining us in a little bit here on Where We Live, again, as we broadcast outside, or inside uh, MGM Springfield. Uh, from our partners at New England Public Radio, uh, they reported MGM Springfield brought in nearly $27 million in September, and now revenues are actually down from that opening week in August. Uh, is that to be expected? Yeah, I don't, it is. It's, we're, we're very proud of the September results. Uh, and, and it is typical to come off the first week or two of an opening and, and see a slight dip. Uh, I don't think there's any, been any resort that's uh, been able to sustain the kind of visitation you get um, coming right out of the gate. There's a lot of that free trial, a lot of excitement, as you mentioned, some of those guests. Uh, I remember from opening day that you played clips from. But, uh, but no, we're really excited about where we're at, and you know, we'll see it ramp back up after some of the folks that got scared away by the big crowds. I meet a lot of them saying, you know, uh, I waited to, to come back because of how big the lines were. So very typical, and we're, we're excited about where we're at. You're hearing Michael Mathis again, president and COO of MGM Springfield. Uh, next to him is Ken Gosson, reporter for the Hartford Current. Do we know yet um, how MGM's opening has impacted Foxwoods and Mohegan Sun in Connecticut? Ken? Well, we do know that their, their you know, slot revenue is down, but it's kind of hard. It's pretty early to tell how it's going to impact the, the bigger picture. I think we're looking at maybe six months a year, analysts are telling me. Uh, before we really can, we'll, we'll know how it, it is fitting into the landscape. Uh, Michael, do you see Foxwoods and Mohegan Sun as competition? Uh, we do. I, I wouldn't be. Uh, I wouldn't be very uh, genuine if I if I suggested otherwise. But it's, uh, I view it as friendly competition. Uh, I visited their facilities. They're really wonderful facilities. They do a great job, and uh, our team is really focused on making. Uh, Spring, MGM Springfield, a great destination that can compete with them. And I know they are doing the same. So uh, only the customer and the employees and the public will benefit from what is, I think, a really healthy competition. And, um, and we're excited about it. Who are you hoping to attract? Uh, one, we're hoping to attract new customers. And I think we've proven we can grow the market. If you look at some of the gross gaming numbers you mentioned, um, we, we, brought, we, we grew the New England market based on the first 58 days uh, now, some of that visitation that would have otherwise gone to the competition, potentially, but, uh, but certainly I've met many customers that have been at our resort and are, are, are new to gaming and new to the casino resort experience. Uh, so uh, excited about bringing new people to the industry because I think it's a wonderful industry, a great form of entertainment, and it's not just gaming, and our food and beverage numbers have proven that, and our nightlife numbers have proven that. So um, excited to... to, to meet new people and, and show them this experience. We should mention Massachusetts uh, is awarding three gaming licenses. MGM has one. There's one coming down the line, I believe, uh, in another year, and then a third. Uh, but they're not within your 100-mile radius of trying to attract business? Yeah, that's right. I, I, I think in terms of the competition within Massachusetts, there's, uh, there's 
plenty of um, customers in the eastern part of the state and the southeast part of the state that will be able to enjoy those facilities. And I don't see a, a, a ton of overlap for us. Um, we're looking to grow, you know, certainly this part of the market. But we're attracting people from, um, you know, we looked at some of our numbers and we're attracting people from as far away as Florida. Uh, I think there's a lot of customers that have roots here in New England, probably snowbirds. And it's just one more stop where they can come back and see their families and have a, a place to entertain and spend time together. So uh, don't, see, don't see a lot of uh, a, a lot of cannibalization coming from those other licenses for us anyway. From Connecticut Public Radio, this is where we live. I'm Lucy Nalpathanchel. Again, we're live inside MGM Springfield as we look at the impact uh, this nearly billion-dollar facility has had on the region. Uh, two months ago, it opened officially to the public. Now, we know that not everyone is a casino booster. What's the real impact on residents, not only in Springfield, Massachusetts, but in Connecticut? We're going to get to that right after the break, and we hope to hear from you, too. Join our conversation. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at Where We Live. From Connecticut Public Radio, this is where we live. I'm Lucy Nalpathanchel. You can hear music behind me. That's because today we're live from inside MGM Springfield. <laughs> it's a $960 million resort casino that opened in downtown Springfield in August. Now, coming up, we're going to be going to some audience questions. And if you live in Springfield, we want to hear from you. What have you seen change in your city? Find us on Facebook and Twitter at Where We Live. From the start, this casino has been billed as the catalyst to transform downtown Springfield. So what's been the impact? Joining us now is Dominic Sarno. He's mayor of Springfield, Massachusetts. Mayor Sarno, welcome to the show. Good morning, Lucy and Ken and Mike, and thank you for coming to uh, downtown Springfield and a world-renowned MGM uh, Springfield Resort. So how would you describe the last two months for your city? Momentum, synergy, excitement, MGM has been a very, very good corporate citizen. They've been a good partner. This is uh, one-third of the $3.7 billion of economic development going on here in the city of Springfield. And it brings about a good four-letter word, jobs. Uh, any mayor, urban mayor in America, he or she is going to tell you to continue to knock down the challenges of vicious cycle of poverty and public safety issues. Three things are needed. One. Uh, family, our familiar, which is sometimes tough to get involved in. 1A, education, and 1B, jobs, put our people to work. But they've, uh, we incorporated this as a master plan after our rebuilding of the devastating EF3 tornado, which occurred uh, June 1st, 2011, not only to uh, enhance the downtown area, uh, but it's been a catalyst in enhancing the whole city of Springfield. A lot of vendors, $50 million annually guaranteed to procurement going to area vendors for materials and supplies. Well over a thousand Springfield residents have been employed and it's a regional effect, the whole region of Western Mass and even some uh, percentages coming out of Connecticut too. So it's been a win-win and even if people don't care for gambling, I've heard from plenty uh, that they love to come down for the great shows MGM puts on the great cuisine in retail, and then we built it a casino uh, outside, 
uh, not inside, and thousands of people matriculating on the streets of the city of Springfield, and we're very happy about that. What have you been hearing from city residents, so specifically for those of us that don't live in Springfield, with uh, since 2011, trying to get this uh, casino built? What were some of the concerns, and how did you work to answer those concerns, Mayor? First of all, we uh, stimulated competition. The legislation which was put across by the Commonwealth of Massachusetts was very, very good in giving a local municipality or town control over what, dictating what they wanted here. So we met, at one time we had six suitors coming here to uh, Springfield, and I've had from the state, uh, all across America, and even the government of Japan came in here knowing, how the hell were you able to do that? And that drove a, a strong uh, deal and bargain for Springfield and Commonwealth of Massachusetts. So what we wanted was that MGM really thought out of the box. Mike Mathis and Bill Hornbuckle, Jim Muren, who's a historian buff, really wanted to make sure they incorporated the city of Springfield. And they spent a tremendous amount of time researching it, spending time in our uh, Mer uh, Lyman and Marywood Museum of Springfield History. Springfield is a city of first, 50 to 52 innovations and inventions here. And you can see this streetscape on Main Street, and you feel like uh, you're in an idyllic New England setting. And it's just been uh, tremendous. And big things about people working. I run into a tremendous amount of people, family and friends. I'm working at MGM. My kids work in an MGM. My uncle's at MGM. My mom. And it's all about jobs. Self-esteem. They feel good. And uh, you can't put a price tag on that. But what about concerns about crime? I was uh, doing There some... have been no concerns about crime. What was this place like before MGM built this? Well, under Commissioner John Barbieri, very progressive, innovative leadership, all the public safety initiatives we put on and proactive initiative, we've dropped overall crime here in the city of Springfield by 45% the last four or five uh, years. Now, when you have your downtown area and riverfront area and our mu museum complex with thousands and thousands of of people matriculating pedestrian traffic, not only vehicular traffic, that in itself uh, brings public safety. But we have a comprehensive public safety plan uh, that's also enhanced our neighborhoods, working with MGM, where we have separate units down here, police kiosk, a substation, and that goes from the riverfront all the way up to the, uh, uh, the bones or the spine of the city, our, uh, where our Dr. Seuss Museum is, to the North Block, Union Station, all the way down to our Italian-American quarter in the, in the south end. So with walking patrols, kiosks that are there 24-7, and uh, it has been very, very good. So if I'm hearing you right, you're saying there have been investments in uh, public safety to yes. make sure that crime um, is not an issue here. Yes, but, and it has not been an issue. Yeah. What was, the, what was the issue here uh, years ago? I saw a quote from a city attorney that called this part of uh, downtown Springfield once the wild, wild west. What was happening here at the time? Well, I think that quote was uh, not really succinct. What was happening was what ha happening in a lot of urban areas and industrial powerhouses of many, many years ago. Uh, people had the left of the city areas to go to the suburbs and the, the rural areas. And, uh, but now, what I'm building upon is that there's a phenomenon occurring with empty nesters, baby boomers, and young professionals, the millennials, that want to come back, downsize and want to come back to their home city, and uh, that MGM being uh, one-third to $3.7 billion in economic development has brought that excitement uh, going on. So we're reinventing ourselves, and I think you're seeing that. 
with a lot of uh, cities across America, urban centers across America. You know, I always wanted a skating rink in downtown Springfield, and now you're going to have that, such as Rockefeller Center behind my uh, old, beloved South End Community Center, the Armory, and in front of uh, the iconic, from a spinoff of Yankee Candle, Kringle Candle. Imagine that setting in the wonderful plaza there during the holiday times to have a cocktail, a beverage, a hot cocoa, a coffee, skate, be there with your family. So um, I don't think when the comment was made there, uh, again, we had dropped crime nearly 45% the last four or five uh, years. And many urban centers take on all the challenges that many suburban and rural areas don't face or take on. And I think we've done a good job with that. There's more to be done, though. You're hearing Dominic Sarno, he's mayor of Springfield, Massachusetts, here on Where We Live. As we broadcast from inside MGM Springfield, we wanted to learn more about the impact of this nearly billion-dollar casino uh, two months since the grand opening. With us on the panel also is Ken Gosselin, reporter for the Hartford Current, and Michael Mathis, president and COO of MGM Springfield. And for the audience that's here, if you have a question or comment, just raise your hand and we'll go to your questions uh, in just a little bit. I wanted to turn back to Michael Mathis. Uh, we heard uh, the mayor talking about about jobs, jobs, jobs. Tell us again how many people uh, this facility uh, is employing and what kind of jobs are we talking about? Yes, uh, we, we have approximately 3,000 employees here at MGM Resorts and uh, MGM Springfield. And um, one of the stats I'm most proud of is we, we established a target of about 35%. We wanted to be Springfield resident proper. Uh, because where, where uh, the resorts have failed, potentially in other jurisdictions, was not enough emphasis on reinvesting in the local community in terms of employment. Uh, I'm proud to say we're close to 40% as I sit here today. And as beautiful as this building is, what the comment I get most from all visitors, and these are sophisticated customers that, have, that know our products in Las Vegas, that know our competitors' product, is how engaging um, and how excited our employees are. And that overcomes a lot of sins in terms of an inexperienced workforce, which this is. Um, so a lot of pride because they're from Springfield, they're work welcoming their friends and neighbors into the resort. And I think that's proven to be a really successful formula. Uh, so a, a lot of employment and all kinds of different jobs. We have over 100 different job classes. And that's entry level, which is, I think, an important path to the middle class. That's one of the great things about the casino resort industry is it gives an opportunity for a great living wage, but also middle management um, supervisors as well as sort of uh, professional white-collar type uh, positions. And within our f first two months, we've already seen significant promotions within the department. You, be you can become a veteran very quickly when, um, when you're the only... Um, sort of labor force that's done it in, in, our, in, in, the, in the area. So uh, really proud and excited about the, the jobs we've created and, and the careers we've created. When you talk about the jobs, I think uh, someone from MGM told me nearly 19.5% of them are actually Connecticut residents coming up here uh, to work. And these are people that used to be employed at Foxwoods and Mohegan Sun? Uh, th that stat is correct. In turn, I think we're about 20% um, from Connecticut. but. Uh, only a small portion of them, I think, are um, potentially competitor um, employees. We have a lot of uh, employees that are in the food and service industry. 
Uh, food and beverage is our largest depart, uh, department, employing about 1,000 of the 3,000. So we see a lot of uh, Enfield employees and Northern Connecticut employees that are in the food services industry, security as well. We've recruited a lot of great folks from law enforcement, from the Connecticut Correctional Facility sort of um, background. So uh, some of them are, are dealers and, and gaming positions from our competitors, but certainly I think more of them are, are in our other non-gaming aspects of the business. Again, this is where we live, live inside MGM Springfield. Uh, before we continue our conversation with the panelists, I do believe we have a question in the audience. So if you could just state your name and your question. Sure. My name is Chris Allard, and I am a part of Square One, which is one of the many organizations that um, have built a positive partnership with MGM Springfield. So thank you for what you've done to, um, to change that here and to really um, build that uh, culture of partnership here. Um, my question is about how do you keep that going? Um, we've seen a, a significant change, um, not only just due to the financial support that MGM has provided to Square One and to other organizations in the community, but there's also a new vibe in the city. And, and being a neighbor, our offices are right across the street here. We've seen the culture change. We see the positive vibe in this end of the city now. How do you keep that going? And what is the, the plan to keep building on that momentum? Michael Mathis. Yep. Um, Chris, thanks for being here. And, and we really value the relationship with Square One. And it's a great question. I think we continue to challenge ourselves at the resort about the next phase of development. I think some of it's going to be organic, but uh, there's no one on the team that's very patient about um, endeavors like that. So uh, part, of the, part of the answer is we're bringing, you know, to date, we've, we've, we're averaging about 20,000 visitors a day. So uh, you do the math, and we've brought over a million people to the resort already. A lot of our young professionals are choosing to live um, downtown Springfield within walking distance. So we're, uh, we're, we're, we've been a catalytic impact to new market rate housing. And I think with new professionals... Yes, Mike one check. Sorry about that. Live radio. <laughs> uh, that may have been the that may have been our uh, AV system over the casino floor. But uh, but with uh, with that development comes new investment. So I think we're looking to organically grow uh, investment and visitation within the downtown. And with with that will come needs for child development, which I know touches square one. But uh, it's really about bringing new investment to the city. The mayor mentioned we're only. We're a large part of the puzzle, but we're only a third of the 3.7 billion, and that number continues to grow. I know that because uh, I'm part of the mayor's um, development tour when he brings new developers to the downtown, and they want to understand why did a, why did a Fortune 500 company like MGM Resorts invest 960 million dollars? And I tell them why it's because of the great infrastructure. Uh, we're right next to 91 I 91, which brings 100,000 cars past our site every day. Uh, great residential home inventory that's underutilized. Um, great infrastructure in terms of public services, which we're now investing to the tune of about $2.5 million a year in public safety. You, you heard the great stats. Among them, our dropout rates are going down. Graduates, graduation rates are going up in Springfield. It's one of the top cities in the United States to invest mm -hmm. in. So um, can be prouder to be a part of it, and we're going to continue that development and bring a lot of uh, new investment to the downtown. Uh, Springfield Mayor uh, Sarno, if you could elaborate a little more about this uh, second wave of development. When we talk about housing, what kind of housing and how much of that will be affordable to your residents? Well, let me, uh, with uh, Chris mentioning, and I mentioned about uh, jobs and education with, with Square One and Head Start, workforce development, and now with innovative programs, which MGM is part of, uh, child care is important. 
So we've created a program that has three shifts now, because people are working three shifts all over the city of Springfield, where their children are going to be in a nurturing educational environment. That builds on the phenomenon that I indicated before of millennials, especially millennials, young professionals, and empty nesters and baby boomers that want to come back to their core city. If you give them the amenities, the housing amenities, the excitement of entertainment, uh, the, the opportunity to work, many people have uh, their jobs or their careers or their businesses are housed in Springfield, but again, you can live in whatever hamlet you want, rural, suburban, but they want to come back. But MGM, again, is one-third of that. We have the largest railway manufacturing company in the world, CRRC, uh, from China. Uh, the North American headquarters is here in the city of, uh, of Springfield. And when you look upon the intermodal transportation, Ken and I were speaking before, uh, the uh, north-south quarter, the knowledge quarter, we have a lot more in common, tell you the truth, north-south than we do really at east-west. And the trains that are coming up here, 12 to 15 more coming from the Hartford area and, and enhancing that. So it's important that the shift starts to occur, not only affordable workforce housing, but market rate housing. And when you bring that down, marketers or developers, which Kevin Kennedy and I, my chief development officer, have every week coming to the city of Springfield, you gotta show them the numbers. Every good businessman or woman deserves to make a dollar. You show them the numbers that they have people here that are willing to buy their wares, they're going to invest here, they're going to live here. So it's been a, a strategic approach for the last four or five years. Is there a set amount of units that will be built in this corridor? Can you tell us more about that? Yes, we have a number of already market rate okay. proposals actually that have come to fruition and very shortly and working in partnership with MGM uh, will be moving on some more market rate housing, uh, which uh, would also have a historic preservation uh, to it. And MGM has been absolutely fantastic when it comes to where it makes sense for historic preservation and the money is there and it doesn't hinder uh, economic development projects. So that market rate housing, you're going to see we've had a lot of interest in that and we've also had a lot of interest in hotels. Now, people aren't coming here of the goodness of their heart, maybe a little bit. They come here because they know they can make money in a good way. So uh, that's a good feeling to have and gives us some leverage, but that has been a key component. MGM's uh, proposal, when you think about it, is really out of the box. First of its kind really done in America, and a lot of people are looking at this right now as it was incorporated in a major master plan, they've, and they've been a wonderful corporate citizen. This is where we live again inside uh, MGM Springfield. Our panel today, Dominic Sarno, Mayor of Springfield, Massachusetts, Michael Mathis, President and COO of MGM Springfield, and Ken Gosselin, reporter for the Hartford Current. You can join us too. We have an audience in front of us. I think there's a question uh, from someone. If you could just tell us your name and, and where you're from. Hi, can you hear me out there? Okay, my name is Sedoni Fukami. I live in Southfield, Connecticut, and I work at MGM Springfield. Yay! Um, it's not really a question, more or less, it's a comment. I enjoy working here. Uh, to be honest, um, I was a park ranger for the National Park Service for 10 years. And when we had our new administration, I got laid off. And I'm also a military veteran. I was on the verge of becoming homeless with my family. And then when this opportunity came up and they said they're going to do a, a hiring event, okay, I'm going to throw my application in like everybody else and wait six months. But it wasn't that, that was not the case. 
they told me right then and there, we want you to be a part of our team. Working for the government, it was hard letting people know that I was a military veteran in Operation Desert Storm. But here, giving out cards to other fellow veterans, I'm just so honored and so privileged to do that and hear their stories. Well, thank you so much for coming today and Anytime. sharing your story. <laughs> Are all your staff members this enthusiastic? Yes. <laughs> no, she's <laughs> she's special. If all three thousand were, were like Sedoni, we 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 lift off the ground with all the with all the helium uh, in the room. She's amazing, and uh, one of the reasons that makes a place special is uh, the building and the design elements and all the glitz and glamour will bring a customer to your resort the first time, but we say it's the people that bring them back the second time, and she's a great example of that. There certainly uh, is the side of economic development uh, and giving people jobs and uh, hope for their city, especially if they're long-time natives. But then there's the flip side, and that's questions about uh, casinos, uh, whether um, the, the people who struggle with addiction or who are low-income, who get uh, sucked into uh, the glitz and glamour here to play. Uh, I'm wondering if you could address that. And, and what have been um, the concerns? I'll start with Ken Gosselin. Uh, when you have another casino opening up again within easy driving distance for Connecticut residents. What are some of the concerns we're hearing from residents? Well, that, that it just gives you another opportunity or someone who may potentially have a problem with gambling, it just gives another opportunity um, uh, that, that, you know, that it could get worse or could develop. So that, that has been out there for quite some time, but not just for MGM, but for other, other casinos. Casinos, to their credit, have taken some steps to get involved with, you know, trying to uh, to address this issue as well. But it's not just MGM; it's it's any uh, the casino that's proposed for um, Connecticut it, it, that has also been a concern. I've read that uh, Massachusetts, the state of Massachusetts, has a program called Game Sense. But Michael Mathis, since you're here representing MGM, um, how do you uh, put the word out for people who are compulsive gamblers where they can get help? Yes, I, I, it's an important issue. Uh, I think like any product, um, gaming and that experience, uh, you could have people abuse the product. And we're very aware of that. MGM Resorts is one of the leaders in the industry on being proactive about responsible gaming. So uh, we partnered with um, the Commonwealth on a program called Game Sense. We really pioneered it um, in, in uh, collaboration with the um, with a Canadian responsible gaming group that, that uh, developed the product. And the GameSense concept is uh, we have, a, we have a, uh, a, a venue right on site. It's probably you know, the best real estate in the, in the casino floor. As customers come right into the resort, there's a, there's a resource right there. It's staffed by the Commonwealth and it allows you to get educated about gaming, um, the setting a budget as well as you know, how, the, how the rules work. And it complements our own um, program, which allows for uh, you know, voluntary exclusion and restrictions so that you can uh, identify yourself with a problem. We'll actually um, create a, uh, a, a, we'll actually protect that customer from coming into the resort and give them a cooling off period um, and, and, and preclude them from entering the resort for a certain amount of time while they get counseling. Um, it's, it's, our, our stats are that it represents about 1% of our gaming population, so it's a significant number, but certainly 99% of our customers are able to responsibly enjoy um, the facility. So it's something we take very seriously. Our goal is 0% um, 
uh, challenges with addictive gaming, but it's an issue, and it's an issue that we work collaboratively with to, to try to address. Jobs are very, very important when you're dealing with that. If you're uh, working, given the opportunity uh, to have a job, a lot of times uh, that can uh, counteract that. But MGM has been a leader, having that office uh, right here. They've been a leader when it comes to hitting all their marks on veterans' hirings and preference. They've been a leader on minority. And thank you for your service, young lady. You're very shy. We should get you into <laughs> class 101. We, we love you. Veterans, uh, minority, women-owned businesses, and that goes uh, also for vendors and supplies locally here, and they've met all their marks. So giving opportunity, letting someone go to work, whether it's a white-collar or blue-collar job, a lot of times that will stop the desperation of, I'm going to have to try to do something. But in the meantime, for that 1% that do have an issue, uh, MGM has taken a lead on making sure there's an avenue for those individuals to say that there's a better way to go. Lucy, if I can, I just uh, I neglected to mention one other aspect. I think the the gaming legislation in Massachusetts was so comprehensive that uh, and it really represents best in class. One of the things that they addressed was uh, diverting millions of dollars annually from our tax revenues, gaming tax revenues, towards responsible gaming. So there are there are resources that the that the Commonwealth manages uh, in terms of research to really understand who is vulnerable, what is that population and how can we best provide counseling services or further education. And I think that's an important part of what makes the gaming legislation here in Massachusetts such an important um, template for other jurisdictions to make sure that there are resources for those folks. Uh, this is where we live. Again, we're inside MGM Springfield. We're going to take a, a quick uh, question or comment from an audience member. Yes, thank you. Uh, my name is Woody Bliss uh, from the Connecticut Alliance Against Casino Expansion. Uh, and our, we have a number of concerns, but one of the concerns, and I appreciate the, uh, that both the mayor and uh, Mr. Mathis addressed it, was the problem gambler. Uh, there's a book called Addiction uh, by Design. I don't know if you guys have read it. If you haven't, I'd be happy to get you a copy. Uh, the statistics in there are somewhat different than 1% of the population. Uh, the estimates in there are 40 to 50% of the revenue comes from habitual gamblers, many of whom uh, are addicted. So my personal concern, my question is, uh, and you probably haven't experienced much problem yet in two months, but over time, uh, are you prepared to deal with the problem, the addicted, addicted gambler? Uh, the reason I got involved with the Connecticut organization at all was a good friend uh, went to one of the Connecticut casinos after he retired and make a long story short, he wound up losing everything uh, kind of thing, including his wife that ultimately divorced him. And uh, it's, a, it's a nasty, nasty problem for the addicted gambler. And uh, I hope you are very, very mindful of, of that problem. Thank you, Woody, for your question. So your question for our panelists, I'll let Michael Mathis and Mayor Sarno answer. Uh, what about the long-term impact? Good morning, MGM and Springfield. <laughs> Today, we will be running hot seat drawings every 30 minutes starting at 10 a.m. and going all the way through 10 p.m. This is good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all you've got to do. Free marketing. How do you like that? Uh, oh, this this is what we get for planning a live show inside a casino. Good luck. The first call winner will be in just 15 minutes. <laughs> 
All right, back to our question from the audience. Uh, Woody wants to know about, okay, so you've been open two months. Um, you're probably not seeing uh, problems with uh, compulsive gamblers, but long-term, Michael Mathis, Mayor Sarno, how are you going to address, uh, as uh, more people come, you know, if the problem grows? Sure. Um, i got to take a moment and enjoy the hot seat promotion just following <laughs> Mr. Bliss's question. Uh, but, no, I, it, it's... You know, one of the things that uh, MGM Resorts is, is focused on as a corporate principle is sustainability. Um, sustainability from an environmental standpoint, um, I'm, I'm proud to say this is a gold lead building, and that means it implements the best in, uh, in natural resources and the way we design this project to be uh, to support the environment. And I, I, I talk about that theme because I think it applies to our customers and our employees. We want a sustainable uh, group of employees, and I, and I would just tell you that any any industry that um, if those if those stats were correct, I don't believe they are, but I know reasonable people can disagree. Any industry that that makes its revenue based on abusing 50% of its customers exactly. is not a sustainable industry, um, and we don't. We, we want a customer that comes back and comes back often and gets real value for their for their um, for their dollars. So uh, I can tell you that we. We, we will continue to monitor and make sure that we look after our, our customers, and we have different ways of doing that, but mostly it's from customer feedback. If you're sitting next to a customer that's, that's, um, that's got a, a addictive gaming, you're not going to want to sit at the table next to them. I think that's a fair comment. And if, if our employees see that, they're not going to want to work for an industry that, that would, um, that would uh, treat their customers that way. So I know that's not a hard and fast um, answer because it's hard to respond to that with any kind of detail because it's a little bit of a hypothetical, but that's the commitment of an MGM Resorts. I can't say that's true for all of our competitors, but that's true at MGM Resorts because that's not the way we want to make money. Las Vegas, for example, we make 70% of our gaming revenue on, on non-gaming. That's less, that's less the case in a regional market because we have a 250-room hotel. We want to support the existing hotels. In Las Vegas, we'd have 3,000 rooms. So a little bit by design, we're, we're a little bit more focusing on the gaming mix. But my personal commitment to you, um, because these people are my friends and, and, and in a lot of cases my family, after seven years in the industry, um, is that I want to take care of them and not hurt them. I'm going to actually jump in because we're running short on time. We're going to weave Mayor Sarno back into the conversation after the break. From Connecticut Public Radio, this is where we live. I'm Lucy Nalpathangel. Again, we're inside MGM Springfield two months after the nearly billion-dollar casino opened. Um, my guest today, Mayor Sarno, MGM Springfield President and CEO Michael Mathis, and Hartford Current reporter Ken Gosselin. As Connecticut listeners know, MGM's facility has led to both tribes in Connecticut, the Mashantucket Pequots and Mohegans, to strike a deal with the state of Connecticut to open a third casino in East Windsor, not far from Springfield. We're going to get an update on where that stands right after the break, and you can join us too. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at Where We Live. From Connecticut Public Radio, this is where we live. I'm Lucy Nalpathancho. We're live today from MGM Springfield as we talk about how the gaming industry affects Massachusetts and our state of Connecticut. My guests are Ken Gosselin, reporter for the Hartford Current, Michael Mathis, president and COO of MGM Springfield, and Dominic Sarno, mayor of Springfield, Massachusetts. I wanted to turn to Ken uh, because we know that there's a saga that's been going on for some time in Connecticut since MGM uh, set their sights on opening here in Springfield. So what's 
the latest in Connecticut? There were plans to try to open a third satellite location. Yes, uh, that's correct. The legislature in Connecticut did approve that, and um, but it's kind of foundered a bit uh, recently. The uh, the site was cleared in East Windsor, and um, but there still is very much a divide between how to respond to what is happening here in uh, Springfield. Some people say we should deal exclusively, these elected officials deal, deal exclusively with the tribes, let them expand. Others say it should be opened up, let's bring all proposals forward, of which MGM has, been, uh, has, has uh, talked about something in Bridgeport. So um, right now, the tribes have told me that they were, want to break ground in the fall, but there was a recent court ruling that kind of you know, uh, put the brakes on that a little bit. Uh, so really it has not gone forward in East Windsor. And that recent court ruling has to do with whether uh, the gaming compact would allow for a third casino to be operated by the two Connecticut tribes not on uh, reservation land. That's right, and whether the, really the, the crux of the uh, issue here is would the state's payments that they get every month, uh, their 25% uh, of the slot revenue, whether that would be affected by this expansion. Now, Mohegan was approved by federal regulators, uh, the Meshantuckets, no, it's not because the two agreements were somewhat different. So, so that uh, that was in court, and uh, it came down that no, you know, that the the federal regulators do not have to approve this or have to rule on this. But the problem is, is the legislation says they have to have this approval from the federal regulators to move forward. So it is a little complex. But, Just a uh, tad. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, so while we wait to see if East Windsor is going to move forward, there has been a lot of lobbying uh, from MGM, but also the New Haven and Bridgeport uh, legislators in the General Assembly that maybe if we're going to build a third casino to uh, you know, compete with an MGM in Springfield, it should be in the other corner of Connecticut, and that's Bridgeport, Connecticut. I wanted to uh, ask a question of someone in the audience, uh, a name that uh, uh, some are familiar with, and that's Yuri Clinton, Senior Vice President of Global Development at MGM Resorts International. Uh, Yuri, uh, welcome to our show. Thanks for coming. Oh, absolutely good to be here. I said some are familiar with your name because uh, you're someone that's been before uh, hearings before the Connecticut General Assembly representing uh, MGM uh, to talk about why this process has not been opened up and Bridgeport actually makes more sense to open a casino. Could you talk us through some of those points? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, MGM has been steadfast in this opinion that the best way to expand your tourism infrastructure, including gaming, uh, is to have an open competitive process. And you heard the mayor and Mike talk about all of the benefits of Massachusetts process. It allows you to deal with problem gaming, allows you to have job creation that's steadfast and committed. And we think that the citizens of Connecticut deserve the exact same. And what's the latest in terms of, I know MGM has filed some suits against uh, Connecticut. Uh, where do those stand? Well, uh, essentially, you know, we got a favorable ruling recently that you just referred to that said MGM, you know, is a regional player and does have, should have a voice at the table. Uh, and it also said that the Department of Interior was not required to approve East Windsor. I'd like to take you back and let you know that the uh, East Windsor project is not the tribe's first attempt to enter into this regional market. Uh, they competed for the Western Massachusetts license in Palmer, Massachusetts. 
And so one of the points that we've shared with elected officials is all of the scenarios of doom and gloom on Connecticut's economy uh, simply ring hollow because had the tribes won, they wouldn't be uh, protesting uh, this regional opportunity. I wanted to pivot back to Ken Gosselin, who's been covering this extensively the last few years. Um, can you respond to Yuri's points, and should we expect when the uh, session begins again before the General Assembly, we'll see efforts to try to get a casino in Bridgeport? I think that's a definite. I, I think that we'll definitely have already heard some talk of that. Um, and it's also possible that the tribes and the supporters, uh, their supporters, could go back in and try to change the legislation that requires the federal regulators to a rule on this. So there, I think it will definitely be a big issue in the legislature in Connecticut this coming year. We've also got a big gubernatorial election uh, coming before us. Uh, any indication whether uh, the candidates that are running, where they stand on another another gaming facility in the state of Connecticut? I think they're generally supportive of some expansion, but of course it's not just casino expansion we're talking about. We're talking about sports betting. We're talking about a broader um, you know, a menu of, um, of um, gambling. Oh, we've uh, pegged the show uh, again on the impact that this uh, facility is going to have on uh, the Springfield region, but also Connecticut. Uh, when is uh, it realistic to see if this has been something that has uh, been a, a detriment to Connecticut's casinos a year from now? Is that another time yeah, to weigh in? Yeah, I've talked to several analysts who cover the gaming industry and they say generally six months to a year and we'll kind of see how things are falling, how the new casino will fit into the uh, gaming landscape. We've got one minute to go. Mayor Sarno, I want to have you end. Uh, what's the re residual impact of this casino? Well, when uh, on M the local businesses, on right the local around. businesses, when MGM brings their world-renowned shows, we just had Stevie Wonder share becoming uh, downtown streets are teeming. But more on the local flavor, day to day. Uh, La Florentina, one of the best pastry shops, bar none around anywhere, with Sfriadels uh, and, and rum cake. The AC Produces, the uh, Langoni's uh, Flowers, Frank's Flowers. Uh, Falvey Linen, which came out of Providence, Rhode Island, family-owned, they wanted to break into the uh, market. $10 million investment, 100 jobs created. So all these little businesses here are thriving and expanding on their own because they're, they're giving supplies, materials, product to MGM is incorporated. And I'm going to have to break in. We're almost out of time. I want to thank MGM Springfield and our panelists, Mayor Sarno, Mr. Thank Mathis, you. and Ken Gosselin from the Hartford Current. Thanks to our crew here at Where We Live, and we hope you enjoyed today's show. And to our audience, thank you for coming out. This is Where We Live. Thank you.